Welcome to Career Tools. Today, we're going to talk about how to respond to the announcement of impending layoffs at your firm. Here we go. Based on the comments we get from email, and I, I guess a, a lot of it in the forums as well, this cast is long overdue. <laughs> you know, far too many of us respond incredibly poorly when it comes to announcements of impending layoffs, right? That we we're, we're at our desk, we're working, somehow there's some announcement comes down about a pending layoff, and we respond in a way that is terribly hurtful to our careers. Yeah. I mean, we get this question and getting a question, getting a question like, what do I do in a layoff when the economy's in a downturn six months or eight months or a year after layoffs started in a broad swath of companies really surprises me. And not only that people are surprised, I shouldn't be surprised, right? Uh, to be surprised in our business is not a good thing, but, but, uh, but that people are surprised that the, the sense of denial is, is significant. And so, Gosh, it's just, it's terrible. So as you might imagine, we have a better way and there's a playbook to follow. And guess what? Career Tools has it. And that's what this cast is about. Good. So what's our playbook? It's probably long and protracted, probably like five casts worth of information or something. 11 billion steps. Yeah, no, actually three steps, only three, one of whom, one of which has three subsets. So total of six points to make today. Uh, the three are deliver results. That's first. Believe it or not, folks, that's first. Not panic, um, but deliver results. Number two, search quietly, which has three parts. Update your resume, outreach externally, and and outreach internally, uh, which are slightly different. And then number three is listen to rumors. Ooh, listening to rumors. So that's that's different for us. So we're going to, okay, we'll we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. when we get there. So, okay, first, deliver results. Oh, that's... That's got to be the most yeah. important, right? I mean, you're employed yeah. by the company. <laughs> there's layoffs going on. I don't know how you could possibly expect to not be considered for layoffs if your performance is not up to speed. Yeah, it, right. Exactly. Um, no matter what anybody else suggests at any time regarding any layoff, the most important thing you can do when impending layoffs are announced or suspected is to deliver the results for which you are accountable, Period. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, if you were an alien and you watched 5,000 people all across the world respond to layoff uh, announcements or redundancy announcements or what have you, you would say that the approved solution is panic. And in fact, some people don't even realize that they're panicking because, you know, it's, it's like in the movie American President where th- there's a, a bit of a crisis and the press secretary says, well, of course, the first thing we should do is not appear to panic. And the president says, no, I think actually the first thing we should do is not panic. Um, and, and uh, you know, people just become clumsy. They they stop working. They, they talk to their friends. They believe things from people that they never trusted before. Anybody who has any new information that they don't know where it came from is suddenly an oracle and the work slows to a grinding halt, which doesn't make things any better. And there's all kinds of conversations. People are very uncomfortable. People are very touchy and things get very, very quiet, sometimes very somber. And it's just, it's, 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 as friends of mine used to say, it's bass backwards. But look, let's talk about why results are the most important thing. 
we know we've seen we've seen the panic, but we're not we're done talking about that. Let's talk about why we recommend we deliver results first. The primary behavior again is, is the panic, and, and look, we understand it. People are worried about income and so on, but the question becomes: when you have a threat, is not um, it's okay to do things that are random, but rather, what's the most effective way to respond? And the lack of certainty that we feel during times of, of, of stress is not a reason not to take action, uh, not to do the right thing relative to getting us over the hump. Look, the first reason is it, because it's the professional thing to do. The first reason to deliver results is because it's professional. If you're in a job, even if your role is eliminated, within six months, someone is going to ask is going to be asked to take over your key responsibilities. And they're not going to have a clue what you were doing unless you've behaved as a professional, particularly in the transition. And probably prepared some sort of transition document, something that says when you take over this role, here's the status of things that, you know, uh, how I left things. Here are the key deliverables that we work on. Very straightforward. Okay. Right. One reason that one ought to do this, we got to say it, I mean, unfortunately, but it's the right thing to do. It's inappropriate for us to stop working if we're getting paid by the company. So we can't do nothing. And most of us don't know what to do to keep ourselves busy all day when it comes to kind of that career job transition stuff. Yeah, people can't fill up the day with that, but they don't do any work. And so yeah. there ends up being nothing getting done, right? Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, why not just stay busy with work that could be of value and, you know, frankly, continue to build your reputation? I guess the other point here um, related to this, it's not only the right thing to do. Rumors aren't always true, right? Right. It could be be just a rumor if if that's what you're acting on. So if we slack off and it's just a rumor, we're behind, right? So I just encourage folks to, you know, don't fall prey to bad rumors. Keep working. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Another reason, because it impresses the hell out of other people. They're going to be flailing about. We're going to be working. We're going to be professional and focused and delivering value and uh, working our schedule, showing up for meetings. If nobody else shows, okay, fine. Now, look, some people say, well, there's risk in that. And I I feel like putting the risk in quotes that others are going to be thinking that we're stupid, that we ought to be heading for the lifeboats already, or don't we know how bad it is? Well, it's not that bad yet. And they're going to think we're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic rather than getting in the lifeboats and, and, or we're blowing off our search. But really at this point, are we going to spend time worrying about what other people are going to think about us when everybody else is panicking? No. And there's just as good a chance that the risk of someone thinking poorly of us will think, man, look at Mr. Cool Cucumber over here. He doesn't, he doesn't appear to be affected by this at all. When people say, are you affected? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm worried like everybody else, but I've got a job to do. I'm doing it, and I'm being smart about it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I tell you, there, there's something else here regarding impressing the hell out of other people. Your boss will notice it, too. And your boss's peers and yeah, yeah, your they're boss's say, boss. And- hey, you, you seem pretty calm about this. Said, well, you know, there's nothing I can do. If you guys lay me off, there's not, I'm not in control of that. So I'm going to focus on the things that are in my circle of influence, you know, and, and that means my work. Uh, sure, I, I'm cautiously, you know, concerned, um, but nobody's told me to stop working. So I have obligations and I want to meet them. And if you need something from me, you let me know. One of the other reasons, and this one uh, I 
I know well because I found this to be very important to me in a, in a time when, um, for those who don't know, I was at WorldCom when this whole thing <laughs> blew apart. So <laughs> um, initially, it was kind of fairly depressing. But at some point, you got to have something to do, right? I mean, you can sit around, be yep. despondent, be paralyzed, have the energy just completely sucked out of you, or you can focus on getting something done. And having something to do makes it go a lot better. Yeah, everybody else is going to be standing around like a bunch of zombies, getting <laughs> nothing done, right? They're going to think they're they're accomplishing stuff. They're running around. They're, they're talking right. about the impending layoff, but they're getting nothing done. Yeah. And what's more, you know, something else I've noticed, I just talked to a couple people recently, they're going to go home tired, and that will reinforce the idea that they're busy at work. But it's just... It's nerves and, and stress. It's not, it's not activity. It's not accomplishment. Yeah, it's nervous energy, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's your, your body, you know, shaking and yeah. throwing off heat as opposed to actually producing real work. So, yeah. you know, and they're doing all that stuff while we're keeping focus and getting stuff done. And when our boss needs something, we'll have it for him. What? Right. If he wants a status, we're going to have the status for her. Yep. When a team is put together to do something, we're going to be the folks that are on it. So, yeah. I mean, that's incredible exposure to decision makers. And if there's a decision going to be made, we want to have the final chance to make an impression on those folks. Yeah, look, if you're, on the pro- if you're on a team with somebody else's boss and you come to the meetings on time and deliver and professional or polite and people ask you if you're worried, you say, well, sure, but I'm also responsible and I feel an obligation to this company. I like this company. I like my job. And uh, somebody's got to do this stuff and I'm happy to do it. That's the thing that when it's 11 o'clock at night and people are standing or there, there's a meeting going on about what headcount is going to be and who's going to be in the count, your boss's peer says, I got to tell you, she's good. I mean, everybody else is like, oh, blah, 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 and coming to the office and asking for stuff and so on. And when I asked her how she was doing, she said, I'm fine and I'm working hard and I hope this thing passes. But if it doesn't, I'll do my best and see where where I end up. And everybody admires that. And I must say, bosses particularly admire it if they have not been through a layoff or a downturn before and they see someone beneath them who hasn't as well, really stepping up to the plate. It's, it's, it's just a very, impress- a very impressive uh, perception on, uh, impressive impression to make on, on them. Um, look, it's better to stay busy, to, to just to continue your point. None of us are so knowledgeable about a career search activities that we could fill up multiple days, all day sitting at our desk doing them, separate from whether that's appropriate or not. Uh, if you're not going to do work, and you don't have enough time to fill up this, the, your, your day with career search stuff, then what are you going to do? You're going to bump around like a zombie. So look, at, at most, career search takes up four hours a day, and, and we recommend you fill the rest of your day up with job-related work. <laughs> and yeah. actually more than four you know, Take eight hours and then spend another four at home at night, late in the day, working on your career search. Yeah. Also gives us time to create that transition guidance document that we've talked about in previous casts. Right. If you're wondering what to, what to be doing, because it sure feels like all the stuff we used to is largely pointless, right? Right. And create right. a transition briefing document. Now we talked about that in a How to Resign cast some time ago. So if you're interested in that, go go look at that. Yeah. And then lastly, continuity. We're already thrown for a loop, right? We have concerns, right? If we feel that our job is at risk and then we stop working at it, it's sort of a double whammy. If you used to work every day and one assumes you were, 
and then you you get a shock to your system, and then you add to the shock by not doing what used to be an important part of your daily routine, it makes things worse. It makes the paranoia or the depression or the fear worse. There are thousands of counselors who will tell you that work is great therapy. Um, so keep at it. Come in. Deliver each day. It's going to confound other people. It's going to set an example, and it will make you better in the short term and in the long term as well. Right. If you've been around for 20 years and you've been through this before, but if you're new to the workforce or you haven't gone through this before, believe me, your mental outlook is the most important thing you can possibly protect during this process. And I can tell you from experience, it's it's not as easy as it might sound. Yeah, yeah. And focusing on work is a big help there. I just want to mention one more thing before we go on to search, and that is that we spent a lot of time on this and oftentimes we get accused of being long, taking too much time. You could have done that cast in five minutes. We have seen this thousands of times. It is not enough to say you should work during this time because at one point of everybody's brain, they know that, but we've seen thousands of people go through this and almost no one chooses it. We're giving you every reason we can think of to show you this is our recommendation. It is the first recommendation. Even if you don't do the other two, this is the one we recommend you follow. Keep working. Keep delivering. Good. But that's not enough. Or if, if you want to be as effective as possible, that's not enough. It's, yeah. it's required. It's necessary, but yeah. maybe not sufficient. And the right. next thing you, you need to do is obviously start searching, but search quietly. Yeah. You deliver value, and then you start looking for another job. And, and uh, there are all kinds of way, things you need to do. We'll talk about those. Look, it's reasonable. People expect it. Look, it sure as heck beats the hell out of, uh, of, uh, of panicking and standing around and doing nothing. Your boss expects it. He or she's going to look the other way at times. It's okay. They want you to be searching so that you will feel good when you get another offer. And then they say, well, we've got an offer for you or we don't. And you're not the one that says, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I can't make my mortgage payment. The problem is people say, well, you can't do that. The boss will be upset. No, that's not true. It's not true in our experience. They just don't want us to be giving the finger to the rest of the organization and say, to heck with you guys. I'm going to spend 10 hours a day networking and getting another job while, while you guys are paying me. People use the debating technique of the false opposites. They say, well, if my boss sees me doing nothing but career searching, I'm going to be in trouble. Well, yeah, that's true. But that's not a reason not to spend a couple hours a day on it at the end of the day. Or, frankly, working a full day, spending a half hour on it at the end of the workday, and then going home and working on it for two three more hours because nowadays, you know, it's funny. Everybody talks about, oh, I'm emailing all the time, but then suddenly they can't email about their career search at night. They've got to do that during work hours. I would suggest that just because they want to feel like they've accomplished something during the work hours because too many people are panicking and, and are zombie-like. So look, when we say quietly, we do mean likely at night while we're at home or late in the day, you know, 5, 5.30, something like that when other people are starting to leave work. Yeah, you can take a job opportunity call on your mobile phone at work. You can. But not when you're standing in front of someone else's cube and loudly yeah. mentioning the name of the other Oh, company. you're that calling about my possible resume. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Those are the people that end up dead, and they don't need a new job because <laughs> right, right, right. people throw – they sharpen a bunch of uh, – paper clips and stab them to death <laughs> with it. Yeah. On the other hand, we're not saying wait. Start now. If there are rumors, don't wait for more information. If you believe the rumor is credible, 
And and by the way, hopefully you know you should have. We we recommend you you know some things about your industry and about your earnings of your company and about others in your industry and in the market in general, and and uh, how things are going. You 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 have a Google search on your company, so you can keep track of all the news. What amounts to a clipping service um, on the press for your company? There is no shame, none, in searching right away. Yeah, it's not polite to do it in the middle of the day unless you're going to take a break to do it, and then you could. But waiting is absolutely positively out of the question. Start now. The moment you hear, the resume ought to come out. Yeah, there's a couple things you got to do. And the first thing you got to do is get your resume updated. Yeah. Yeah, first things first. (laughs) Once we start our outreach, we're going to be asked for a resume. It's almost as if everyone goes to training where they teach, hey, if anyone asks your help in a career transition, Ask them to send a resume first because half of them won't be able to put one together. And that reduces your workload by 50%, right? At least. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it is exactly right. And I got to tell you, that's what I do. Well, send me your resume. And I don't get them sometimes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah half no emails. And look, if you're not going to work on a resume, if you're not going to work on your resume, I'm not going to help you with your search. Sorry, because that's that's the lingua franca. You know, that's the document for your search, right? So, yeah, yeah. We, just, we just had uh, uh, one of the members of our uh, and, and friends of ours said to us the other day, hey, would you review my resume so I can start calling friends and network members? <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. And yeah, like, OK, smart. Right. Don't call me and say I need some help. And then and then I say, well, how's your resume? Oh, I'm going to work on that. Oh, oh, OK. Well, I guess I'll wait until I get your resume because I know that half the people don't ever do it. And and then those half are the ones that are bumping around, bumping into each other at the office like zombies and saying, oh, it's going to be terrible. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. And look, we've got resume guidance. We've got our resume update guidance. Uh, you can find it in the resume casts on the site. Make your resume current based on the work you've done recently. You know, too many of us let our resume slide. And then in moments of crisis, we regret it when we put together something that has errors in it. I have to tell you, I, I don't know how the rest of the world does it, but I know in America, every house has smoke detectors. And I know lots of houses that don't have batteries in their smoke detectors because they can't reach them or they need a ladder or whatever. You know, yeah, I'll get to it or who, you know, who's going to have a fire kind of thing. And resumes are just like batteries and smoke detectors. You don't care about it until you need it and then you regret it. And the, the sad thing about resumes is it's not like a smoke detector in the sense that when you put a new battery in the smoke detector, it's ready. When you look at your resume and it's not really good and you feel pressure and you feel tension and a little bit of panic, and then you put together something with errors in it or something that doesn't have all your best stuff in it because you didn't take time to reflect and improve on the first draft and ask for input or so on, then you get something that doesn't sell you well when, in fact, you most need to be sold well. Yeah. And don't delay for crying out loud. I mean, if you think you got longer than a week, you're crazy. Five days from the announcement to the final draft, period. Five, five days, slipping days, five days. That's it. From the time you hear and to, to you have five days for your resume to be set in stone. Yeah. Okay. So now you got the resume updated. So you got something, some piece of paper that you can have a conversation about. And now right. you got to start your outreach and external outreach would be one place to go. Yep. Yeah. Look, people who are elsewhere, you do this first, right? It takes longer. Talk to friends, talk to family, talk to associates, make a note on LinkedIn um, to the effect that uh, you're considering other options. It's no, probably no secret that things are soft at work. Uh, now, if you think that things are getting bad, but there hasn't been announcement of a pending layoffs, that's a different situation. That's a stealth search, and we don't recommend you put announcement on LinkedIn, but you would, of course, start with your resume and then reach out to external people first. 
Yeah, and send them your resume. <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed at this. People say, I really like your help, Mark. And I get I get a lot of these. Um, and they don't send the resume. And I'm polite. I say, well, you know, love to see your resume. Uh, and, and I don't hear back in many cases. Look, if, if I don't know how more, much more clear we need to make it. You have to have a resume, period. And look, we could talk for days about following up to an initial contact, but, but that's really not what this cast is about. We have more casts to come on the overall topic about job changing and transitions. In fact, uh, Wendy and I, I, I think, Mike, you've seen the list and you're okay with the list of, of uh, the, the various themes that we have for career tools. And uh, one of the themes or one of the, the large groupings of casts is on transitions and includes interviews and uh, getting fired and getting laid off and all those kind of things. Yeah. There's a lot there. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And look, every three to four to five weeks, you've got to stay in touch with those people that you've reached out to at, at a minimum. And, and three weeks is probably better. Hey, what's going on? How, how's it going? And so on. Exactly. And then once you started with the external search, then do an in internal outreach, you know, take the same techniques that we've suggested for your external folks and apply those for folks internal to your firm. You know, go talk to other managers, to executives, mentors, friends, associates, and then tell them you're open to new opportunities within the company and then follow up with them every two to three weeks. Because, you know, frankly, they're going to know a lot more about the fluidity of internal opportunities. And you want to avail yourselves of those if if they're there. Yeah. And okay. Now, and this is important. Um, somewhere in the interviewing series, I don't remember where we shared a fundamental principle of job searches that most folks really ignore, don't even think about. And in fact, it's one of the most un- uh, people simply don't act as if it's true, but I can assure you it's completely true. And that is there are two parts to every search, getting offers and then taking offers. That These two parts have completely different rules, and yet too many people are in the business of taking offers, thinking about what offer they're going to take while they haven't gotten any yet. Look, until you have an offer, you have no power, no purchase going forward. And then once you have an offer, the questions you ask change, the factors you consider change, it's night and day, okay? When a layoff is announced, you're in that first stage, which is getting offers. Look, don't worry right now about whether or not you should be taking a, a given offer, right? Um, you don't have it yet. Stop worrying about something that may not happen and will be less likely to happen the more you worry about it because every min minute you spend worrying about something is a minute not spent preparing and fighting for the damned off to begin with. My point is this. People say, well, I don't know how aggressive I should be in my external search because what happens if I get an offer there, but it requires me to move and, and then maybe in, 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 I won't get notice from the company for like 30 or 60 days. And I'm afraid if I pull the trigger on the external one, I'll have an offer within a week and then I'll have a tough decision to make. I'm like, my, first, <laughs> my first thought is, no, you're not going to have an offer within a week. But secondly, you can't, you, that's the business of trying to figure out when you want to make a call when you don't. And every delay you make, you're going to regret if, if it turns out that you don't end up with an offer after 30 or 60 days. You want, in the first part, when a layoff is announced, then you're thinking, I'm in a search. And the first part of the search is getting offers. Get offers. You can't control whether one company gives you an offer with a short enough deadline that you won't have chance to get a second offer. That's too bad. Believe me, the people who are left without a chair in this musical chairs game, I don't know if musical chairs translates internationally, but but it, it, there are people who won't end up with an offer with a company you're at, 
and they won't have done the search because they've been hoping and praying and essentially panicking. Their panic has been a way of saying, I just want to stay here. I'll, I'll, I'll hope, even though, of course, hope is not a method. Uh, I'll have faith, which is not, not the thing to do, uh, having faith in a professional process. And what ends up happening is you don't end up with no offers. So it is wrong to think, I don't want some offers to happen too soon, so I'm going to go slow on this or slow on that. If you get an offer, that's a good thing. And you have to make a decision about it, perhaps, before the deadline. You may be able to get an extension, although probably not much more than a week, and you may be in a tough spot. Having an offer and trying to decide whether or not to take it is a way better position to be in than having nothing at all. And too many people want to get into the business of which offer would I take and can I delay this and so on. That's the second part of the search. The first part of the search when you have no offers is getting one under your belt. And that means starting now. Absolutely. Our last point is it's just going to surprise some people because and I can't, it's, I'm having a hard time even getting the words out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're suggesting you actually listen to rumors. Yeah. Now, and and just so for those people who are not premium, who won't ever see this, listen to rumors, listen is all caps because the, the, the emphasis on listening, not on rumors. And we've done a cast, I think, I don't know if it's out yet on gossip, right? And we said, look, you walk away from it, right? And you certainly don't foment it. You don't add to it. But rumors about, and you you could make the case that rumors about layoffs are gossip after a fashion, although we define gossip as personal in nature. Um, but they do have some, they share some of the same characteristics. But but the issue with rumors is uh, they often have nuggets that are true. And if you want there to be less rumors, it's easy. All you have to do is listen and not talk about them because then that's one less person talking about them. But we are absolutely countercultural on this because- You've heard the guidance, don't, don't, oh, you shouldn't listen to rumors, you know, they're probably not true. Well, that's idiotic. We've not experienced that. Start your own rumor to shape the debate. I mean. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that one, I used to laugh. Now it just kind of ticks me off. Listen and comment and see if you can learn more about the source and then go upstream. I had somebody say, well, when I hear a rumor, I go upstream. What? What, 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 I'm sorry. What are you now? Now your job title is rumor monger or rumors detective or something. Salmon. Um, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Salmon man. Right. Good. Look, all that stuff is crap. The way to deal with rumors is to listen quietly to everyone that you hear. Nod your head. Don't shush people the way we suggest in, in the gossip cast. Now is the time to listen. If you can learn to ignore the exciting parts, the titillating parts that really get everybody spun up and allow ourselves, if we can allow ourselves to simply receive information without judging or drawing conclusions, we're going to be much better off. After you've heard two or three or four rumors, you're going to get a, you're, you're going to begin to get a sense of the real picture. They're often based in truth. Sometimes they're, they're, uh, Uh, situations where people have extrapolated a little bit, but they're based in truth. They're rarely completely truthful, but they're often based in truth. So listen, reflect, don't react to any one rumor. Don't make any rumor cause you to have a bad day. You know, if somebody says, I heard that, blah, 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 and they act all dramatic about it, you say, oh, okay, well, you know, I've got work to do. Um, Now, if you hear three rumors that are similar, that might well affect your planning and actions Although, please consider the source. And it does seem like the people who have the most rumors tend to be the people who are the most dramatic about it. And what they're doing is making themselves the center of attention to give themselves something to do because they're panicking and they're not working and they're not doing their career search. 
If you're talking to someone else whom you can see, 99% of the time, that means you're not working on your search. And that's not a good thing. So look, we also know that right now your head is spinning. If you're in fact, if you, if you've been affected by a layoff rumor. And so we've tried to keep this cast simple and short. And uh, as I've said before on the forums, stay frosty. And if you're really worried, come and ask us in the forums and we'll be happy to help. It's uh, really simple. Deliver results, then start your search quietly. And that and yeah. the first step of that is, is updating your resume, then do an external outreach followed by an internal outreach. And number three, counter to our normal career tools that get advice, listen to rumors. And again, the emphasis being on listen. There you go. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you back here again next week. In the meantime, join us in the discussion forums, www.managertools.com forward slash forums. We'll see you there. So long. 